Thunder Media. Today on Inside Motorsport, we hear from Eugenia Rocker, the head of Motorsport Australia, about their affiliation back with Speedway Australia. I hope you'll stay with us. Eugenia Rocker, the CEO of Motorsport Australia, joins us once again on Inside Motorsport. And Eugene, as we come towards the end of the season, it is not getting any quieter for you all at Motorsport Australia with big events still to be looked after with the Adelaide 500 and an announcement this week that a very much summer aspect of motorsport is coming back into the fold. Although when I say back into the fold, I do want to explore what that means with Speedway Australia and Motorsport Australia uh, affiliating together again. Sure, Craig, and I hope you're well. Um, yeah, but when I became CEO of CAMS, as it was then, um, Speedway were one of the three delegates um, under, motor, under CAMS, as it was then, carting, drags, and, of course, Speedway. And they were essentially our delegates in those three particular disciplines because we couldn't manage the entire sport. And so we would delegate authority from the karting, drags and speedway to these three separate entities. However, at around about 2.14, 2.15, we had a bit of a, let's just call it a parting of ways with speedway. There were some concerns around the governance structure and the fact that the entity that was being delegated the authority for speedway was in part um, a shareholder-based organisation. And as you know, we are a member-based organisation, as is Andra, as is Carding. And so in 2015, we essentially parted ways of Speedway and they sat outside of our delegation. So the history has been that for the last seven years, they've sort of been as a, I don't want to say an outlier, but they've been on their own, um, doing their own thing. Uh, But more recently, they've seen the impact we've been having with government, getting government fund, getting some programs funded. And I think a long change in their own structure has allowed them to come back uh, under the tree, if you want to call it that, of Motorsport Australia and also the FAA. So if I'm a member of the National Motorsport Club in Canberra and uh, I'm a competitor in a wingless sprint car or a F500. What does this announcement today mean for me? It just means that the opportunity... One thing we know, Craig, is that our members need facilities. They get that. We hear from them all the time. All the time, they say, if we had more facilities, we'd go racing more. Whether it's an off-road or whether it's a you know a circuit, and so what members can take away from this announcement today is that motorsport is really pulling its act together in terms of its political messaging, and that means the opportunity for new tracks is very much alive. Now, before I started, um, there hadn't been a new track developed or built. Uh, since 1999 when QR was taken over by John Tetley. Um, admittedly, it's taken a bit of years, but we've got Tail and Bend built and up and running and still being developed. We've got Tony Quinn, who's taken back QR and has been spending some money there. I promise you there are four or five other tracks that are being discussed in Queensland, New South Wales and in Victoria. Um, and so it's a really live, moving um, scenario and this sort of announcement today will tell people who are out there whether on two or four wheels that we are lobbying for more and more um, venues and governments listening governments listening so that's really encouraging and so just be patient these things are not built overnight as you said it's a 50-year return one thing is for sure not many tracks go broke 
they only get built out um, and they get, you know, there's the appeal of selling them to high, high-priced developers, but there is very rarely a track in Australia now that's not making money because of the sheer demand. And I think I've repeated this many a time, if there's a clash between your wedding day and a, and a race, race day booking, cancel your wedding because it's much easier to reorganise than it is to get back on the track. So I think that speaks really well for demand. Demand then can drive supply and government plays a pretty important role. It's always been an interesting relationship, Speedway and road racing, and having FIA accreditation is an interesting one for drag racing and Speedway in particular. How does being an affiliate with the members of the FIA help both those divisions? Well, we always talk about the pathway out of Australia to international sport, and invariably most of the international sport outside of Australia is controlled uh, by the by the FIA. There are exceptions, of course, in some parts of the US um, and in some of the Asian or uh, or the non sort of the non developed countries. But the FIA has the widest, um, and in fact, is the sole world governing body for sport. And so, if there are young drivers that uh, and officials that wish to um, sort of migrate up the pathway from grassroots up to international level. You'd know better than I, I would, Craig, but, you know, Michael Massey started at grassroots at karting, worked his way through Motorsport Australia, then supercars and ended up at the FIA. Um, so that's an important part of this relationship. But secondly, you again may know that we created the Australian Motorsport Council, which is intended to cover um, all of the recognised sports, uh, including wheels, so Motorcycle Australia, Motorsports Accounting Australia or, or Andra, uh, the one that was not there was Speedway. So by coming back under our delegation, I know this all sounds very complicated, but by coming back under our delegation, they are now also now a member of the Australian Motorsport Council, which is really our lobbying body directly to the government, particularly federal level, on everything from insurance to safety to regulation uh, to policy decisions. So dual thing, one is getting back under the FIA banner and therefore international sport that filters all the way up and down the pathway for and competitors, and also you get the benefit of their rules. And secondly, the AMC um, becomes an even more powerful body by bringing in another group of passionate motorsport people. Mm. Speedway has... Uh over 13,500 licence holders and and clubs all over Australia. In fact, uh, I think there's more speedways in Western Australia by about seven or eight to one to road racing circuits in Western Australia. So it is a huge number of competitors that are now being represented at all different levels of government. And it's a fantastic story because they do actually pack a pretty powerful punch. They're not seen as a major, if you want to call it, high-level, high-profile sport like you know, to, like circuit racing with Motorsport Australia, sorry, with um, the Grand Prix and with supercars, but their connection at regional level and, as you mentioned, in Western Australia, government basically owns a speedway track, um, is pretty powerful. And there are that many speedway tracks dotted around the country. Uh, we recently conducted a uh, survey in Victoria of all tracks with the support of the Victorian government, and I was quite surprised by the number of speedway tracks that are tucked away that are still out there operating on a weekend-by-weekend weekend basis. So, you know, bringing another 13,000 along with our 24,000, along with the 12,000 from karting, add in the, um, the Andra 
the Anvil license holders of three or 4,000, and you've got a pretty powerful punch. That's just competitors. When you're rolling the officials, you're rolling the clubs, you're rolling all of the members, and it's a very large, powerful, political and economic driver. You have got an interesting challenge ahead too because motorsport, like all sports, are looking for more and more government support to be able to put what is extremely expensive infrastructure in place, which, of course, has a a 50-year return on investment, ignoring the ongoing maintenance concerns. And just like football, just like cricket, just like netball, there's only so much of the pie that can be dispersed around to all the uh, bodies and to all the clubs and associations. It's a really good observation, and we don't have the critical mass of netball, football, even cricket. We just simply don't have the same numbers. We're an expensive sport in some regards. We're a fairly unique sport because you need a machine to be able to really go out and enjoy it. But that doesn't diminish the import of motorsport, both in terms of our history. Uh, We held a recent function for parliamentarians in Queensland called the Queensland Parliamentarians or friends of mine, we had 34 MPs come to, well, it's actually at the courtyard of the parliament in Queensland, we had 34 MPs turn up, and they were genuinely mad, passionate motorsport lovers. That's pretty powerful to have 34 out of an odd 60-member chamber turn up to talk about motorsport. We had Dick Johnson there, we had Roland Dane, and so we were able to talk to them about a various thing. So I don't think, I mean, the pie is always challenging because there are always competing sports but um do pack more punch than people believe and i know that recently there's been some announcements even only two weeks ago the queensland government announced ninety two thousand dollar grant to motorsport australia to promote esports in queensland so we're there on a weekly basis pitching for grant and we've been very successful in victoria extremely successful in um, New South Wales. And obviously in Queensland, we've just been um, given $92,000 and that's just for eSport. So I think we've really raised our profile over the last four or five years. Our president is a former deputy premier and a former treasurer in Queensland. So he's got some great political savvy about him. So I think, Craig, there's a really good opportunity as we bring the family together to keep pushing our our barrow. And the second or third biggest event in this country is Bathurst in terms of eyeballs and in terms of engagement. You know, it's the whole weekend and I do think that that cuts through to a lot of governments in terms of its impact. So we'll keep pressing because we believe there's definitely interest there and those regional areas really thrive on our sport. And the fact that now that you've almost added a half again of your membership of influence, if you like, just in competitor terms, going up from, I think you said 24, now to 37,000 participants, also is a a much stronger case. And when we see governments looking or proposals going to governments for new motorsport facilities, there is normally always a road racing circuit, a drag racing circuit, a karting circuit, some form of off-road racing and a speedway. So it now does make it a lot easier when you're supporting these to support every aspect of what's being put forward. Exactly. And you've got to remember that 
the two that you just mentioned are just all the disciplines, Motorsport Australia and Speedway. As I said, you're rolling, Andrew, you're rolling karting, rolling two wheels. That's probably upwards of 70,000 direct competitors. Multiply that by the family members. As you know, Craig, there's very rarely a competitor that doesn't have mum, dad, brother, uncle, auntie, grandparent involved in the sport. So you actually have a multiplier effect that is more significant than you might otherwise think. When you go to your mechanics, go to your engineers, you know, there's teams that support drivers who go to restaurants for all weekend or go to hotels. And so it's not just the 50, 60, 70,000 competitors that have got licenses. It's a much larger bubble or a much larger sort of circle of influence that that carries. And we've started to see that more and more. And it's no accident that you mentioned um, the motorsport board in in South Australia. It's no accident that Peter Malinowskis uh, made it a major platform of his election to bring back the Adelaide 500. And I'm telling you, it's shaping up as being a fantastic event. Other governments note that. Other governments note the impact of motorsport and how Peter, the Premier, was able to so successfully and powerfully use that as one of his major platforms to be re-elected. And we saw him when he was in opposition and he did a lot of homework on motorsport. He, he got the Ernst and Young report from us. He really got his head around it. I don't think he was really a he's, he's a mad football man, not a mad motorsport man, but he did his homework and then made the announcement about the 500 and then won. So that's a pretty powerful story that other governments are taking note of. Of course, on a personal level, Eugene, I think you've now just ticked up 10 years as the head of Motorsport Australia, formerly CAMS. Yeah, yeah. uh, In fact, on the 26th of October 2022, I I hit the 10-year mark. Um, And I guess most CEOs would say that for a couple of years, 20 and 21, we were sort of becalmed or they really didn't count but the fact is I've racked up the 10 years I don't think that when I started in this role back in 2012 that I would have envisaged being here still 10 years later and uh, given that they had five CEOs in 10 years before me but I love the job I love the people I work with I love the sport um, I love the opportunities and I'm always learning more and more and so um, whilst it's been a it seems like a long time, 10 years. It seems to have gone in the blink of an eye. It seemed like only yesterday that I was pulling up at the Melbourne office for my first day. So, yeah, it's a it's a nice reminder about the 10 years, but there's still plenty of work to do. And as I said, it's a really enjoyable job and a fantastic industry to be involved in. Eugene, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Motorsport. And, uh, well, the, the merger here, it really realigns motorsport in Australia with all the different disciplines. And uh, the FIM has been so uh, successful. The Motorcycle Australia, I should say, has been so successful with their Speedway program over many years with world champions. And, of course, this year even taking out the Speedway of Nations. It is important, I think, that uh, everyone's singing from the same hymn sheet. I, I think we are too. So, Craig, I think it's a really good observation. And when you look not just at Speedway, you look at Oscar Piastri, you look at Jack Doohan, you look at the young drivers that are making their way overseas, the fact that Australia was picked to host the Ferrari Asia Pacific Academy, we are in good shape. And even though Daniel's stepping out for a year, maybe longer, uh, we've been able to quickly replace him with someone as talented as Oscar Piastri. And there's a two or three others behind him. So motorsport generally is in great shape. And I think this announcement today just underlines how important our relationship amongst all the very, very, the numerous disciplines has been developing and strengthening. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.